Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. Um, I tried not to say hey Geekscapists to you guys, uh, and I ended up just deleting the hey, so I don't know if that counts. But this is our 200-something episode of Geekscape. If this is your first Geekscape, we're going to be talking uh, creative stuff, geek stuff, nerd stuff, uh, with a special guest. Um, this this week my uh, guest is John Schnepp. He, did I pronounce that right? Yes, you did. Uh, John Schnepp is an animator, he's a creative, he's a director, he's done a ton of stuff for... Adult Swim, uh, what, you've worked with the UCB, you've, you're in this new movie, uh, what is it, Episode 4 of Fans New Hope, the Comic-Con documentary? Right. Uh, he, he's in a ton of stuff, and you're going to be seeing even more of them. And he's my guest, so real quick, I want to do a little bit of uh, Geekscape, um, I guess, uh, closet cleaning. Um, I want to thank everybody who listened to the Last Avengers debate podcast with Ian Kerner. Uh, holy shit that I catch flack for saying that the movie was really pretty impressive instead of perfect. Um, guys, <laughs> I, let's just be clear. I really enjoyed The Avengers, but understand, as a filmmaker, what some of my qualms are with the film. It looks like the four films that preceded it. I don't know one person who went to the AMC 12 Hours of Torture session where they showed all the Marvel movies leading up to the Avengers and then the Avengers. I don't know one person who enjoyed the Avengers as much as people who just went and saw the Avengers. Because, yes, they saw a 12-hour film. And you're not going to necessarily like it as much. Try sitting through the original cut of Eric Von Stroheim's McTeague. It doesn't exist anymore. Why? Because the studio saw that it was 10 hours long and they melted it down for the silver. Okay? Like, try sitting through those movies. Um, It's brutal. And what I really want... And this is what I wanted to emphasize more than anything. I'm a fan of Marvel Studios. I love these movies. How can you not love these movies? But moving forward, phase two, we have a chance to diversify the look of these films. Let's do it. You know what I mean? I think that Marvel really, at this point, I would love to see Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. I would love to see it get loud, get zany. I would like it for it to look different than Iron Man. I would like for it to look different than Thor. I'd like for it to look different than The Avengers. Let's, let, you know, what, what happened to the Runaways movie that was going to be made? Uh, you know, the, the dude who did, um, what was it, the, the Ultimate Playlist, Ultimate Mixtape movie? <laughs> like, that guy was going to do it. Let's do it. Let's get an indie hipster Marvel movie made. You know what I mean? Let, let's get this shifted up. I mean, I have a lot of faith in Shane Black. I, I, I'm excited for the Iron Man 3 movie. I think it's going to be, I mean, if, if it has the energy in any, of the, in any of the attitude that Kiss Kiss Bang Bang had, I think it's going to kick ass. And on top of that, Shane Black was in Predator, so how can you not like the guy, <laughs> right? He, he was actually uncredited. This is how he got the job in Predator, and this is one of the coolest things ever. They couldn't afford Shane Black to work on the script, 
So they put him in the movie knowing he would be on set. How smart is John McTiernan? All right? <laughs> like, how smart is that? Let's cast the guy because he's going to be on set and he'll end up just giving us ideas for the script. That's awesome. Um, so, please, I've actually gotten a lot of flack for last week's or the last episode. All right? On top of that, I've actually gotten a lot of you guys saying, I agree with you. The first third of the Avengers was like a motor trying to get started. I wanted to see, I just wanted to see the team come together. I just wanted to see things move. And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the visuals. Because the last third, visually, kicks ass. The full frames being used. I loved it. The first third, let's get this thing going. Does that make sense, guys? Um, that's my explanation for the Avengers. Still love the movie. But take that movie. Take frames from that movie. Compare it to the frames from the upcoming Spider-Man. The upcoming Dark Knight. They just look like they're on different levels. Do you guys get what I'm saying here? It's a visual thing. Alright? I love you guys. This is Geekscape. A couple bits of news. We've got Comics on Comics coming up on May 31st at the Hollywood Improv. If you guys are in L.A., my guest, John Schnepp, who's going to be joining me for this episode, we're going to be sitting down with Chris Gore. We've got Chris Mancini from Comedy Film Nerds. Chris Gore, of course, you guys know him from Attack of the Show. Uh, we've got, um, what's this girl's name? Misha? What's her name? Ah, I'm blanking. We have a female guest, and I'm not that sexist. I literally, she doesn't have a, you know, if she had a normal name, like a, like you a, just go, yeah, if she had a normal name, name like, like, what did she have? She had like a, like a Laura, or a, if she had a name like, Laura, uh, I think her name was, like Mira, Rebecca? Rissasa McGrogan. <laughs> she has a Game of Thrones name, that's yeah. the problem. Uh, I love her though, and we're going to have a great session. So Queenless. If, you, if you guys are in LA, uh, May 31st, come to Comics on Comics, it's 10 bucks, what are you going to do? Like, what other plans do you have? Come to Comics on Comics. We had a kick-ass time last, uh, last time uh, at the Improv. That was fun. And also, uh, there's tons of stuff coming up on Geekscape. We're going to go to E3 all three days. We're going to have tons of news from that. I'm working on some things for San Diego Comic Con involving a party. That's going to be awesome. We have a musical guest, which I can't believe I'm emailing back and forth with this guy. He, uh, I, I want to tell you guys who it is. <laughs> but uh, it's an exciting time to be part of the brand, exciting time to be part of the show. Uh, and part of the website. So, I say you guys should uh, tell all your friends about it. Geekscape.net. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Search for Geekscape. Of course, you can email me at Jonathan at Geekscape.net. And because I'm excited, let's just get this episode started. John Schnapp's coming up, and I love you people. Here's your Geekscape episode. Alright, Geekscape, it's John Schnepps here with me, and he actually has something to say about my Adventures rant, and he has some good points. What are your points, John? Hey, so, I just heard his, his rant about the Avengers, and I, I, I'm Which with him Which isn't a rant, on, I, I, I love the movie. His, his, uh, Stop the his, hate. His notes, well, rant, is a, <laughs> rant isn't a negative word. Well, yeah, I did go off, didn't I? Yeah, his going off on the Avengers, I was going to say, I've seen the movie twice, I can't wait to see it a third time in non-3D, because I don't think... 
I'm, you know, I thought it was fine in 3D, but I really don't need the goggles, and I'd rather see a brighter comic image because 3D yeah. dims stuff out. But um, my feeling about the cinematography of Avengers is like I'm half and half with Jonathan. I, I thought at some points it felt very TV-like and very it wasn't f- filmic enough, but other points I thought were great throughout the whole film. And I was just talking to him about the the sequence where like ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to see Thor and Hulk fight, and I'm not talking about the Thor fighting Lou Ferrigno uh, TV special. You know, <laughs> Remember when Daredevil yeah, got just, involved? <laughs> yeah, he just chucks a, chucks a hammer and it kind of clinks off him or something, and that's it. But I wanted to see a, a full-on like Jack Kirby fight, and Joss Whedon delivered that, like a two- to almost three-minute fight sequence with Thor fighting a Hulk. And Hulk trying to pick up the hammer. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, and getting think, smashed in the face with the hammer. How unsatisfied and, would you have been if, if Hulk hadn't tried picking up the hammer? Very unsatisfied. You yeah, know? like that's, that's a, an epic moment. Like, who's stronger? I, but it, it doesn't even have anything to do with strength, right? It's, it's the hammer. And it's I would, you know, when, when they come out with the behind the scenes, I just want to because for me, this Hulk in this movie was the best Hulk, and everybody's saying that. Yeah, but absolutely. Like when I, I saw the movie at the world premiere, I was lucky enough to know a Marvel guy, and he was like, "Hey, you want to go see that?" And I, I saw it, and then I couldn't talk to any of my friends for three weeks. And I was like, I didn't spoil anything, but it was the hardest thing on the planet to not want to. All I could say was like, "It's incredible." You're gonna freak out, and people were like, "No, no, no!" And I just wanted to, I wanted to smash kill them. Yeah, I wanted kill to. Like, you don't understand how fun this movie is. I saw it a couple of days before it opened, and uh, I think, yeah, the 3D didn't help because it, it does make a darker image. But um, and I promise you guys, we won't just talk all Avengers. Right. But uh, and I, I'm, I'm not. I'm gonna avoid this spoiler because uh, some of you guys, yeah, may some have, of you weirdos, still haven't yeah, seen it. it. I can't imagine. And some like, of you guys may have avoided last episode because it was all Avengers. But um, so so. So Schnepp went to that one uh, premiere, right? And everybody went to see it at the uh, Capitan Theater. Well, when I got out, oh, go and, ahead. and when you get out, everybody, this is me. I'm, I'm just following Twitter, and all of a sudden, folks like you and like the like Hardwick and all these people who are coming out of there are tweeting about it, and they're like, "Dude, classic Joss, amazing Joss, like uh, fucking Avengers was amazing." And I'm sitting there going, "Oh my god, like." People are watching it. Like, it must have been the worst after party ever because everybody just fucking sitting at their tables tweeting. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm reading these tweets, and I go, you know what? Who wouldn't have thought that I'd go? So I started making up fake tweets about the Avengers. And I tried to make them obviously fake. <laughs> I tried to say shit like, uh, here were some of them. Uh, the Kang the Conqueror post credit sequence is so fucking <laughs> classic. Uh, um, I, I think I wrote, uh, Jeff... Uh, Gu- uh, Gutenberg as as Hank Pym, classic Joss. Because the thing is, everybody was saying classic Joss, and I was like, just mm-hmm. just add classic Joss to the end, and people might believe it. And I had done about four of these before people started tweeting back at me that I was spoiling the movie and to shut the fuck up. Yeah, how did but, they add and, and I'm like, man I'm like, into that? And, yeah. yeah, and I'm sitting there going, oh man, um, you know, Will Smith is triathlon cameo, hilarious, <laughs> and, and uh, classic Joss. And here's the thing, uh, I tried to make them as obviously fake as possible. I got one right. It was Wonder Man. He's in it. <laughs> well, I, I learned... <laughs> trying to set it up for the video. I, I, I learned when the press happened, when, when the press screening happened, a couple of my friends, including William Bibiani, I was talking to them, and I was telling them this funny story. I was like, yeah, people were mad at me. And he said, well, Jonathan, that one actually happened. <laughs> and I said, what? And when I saw the movie the following week, I was like, holy shit. I predicted it. And... You guys who've seen the movie know it's a big mo- it's a big moment. It's the it's the impetus for the for the Avengers, right? Being the Avengers. So sorry. Don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> it's called an anti spoiler, just like a good guess. I, I didn't know it was gonna happen. Yeah, it was a good guess, but you know what? If you you know, supposedly Joss Whedon claims he wasn't responsible for that one. Right. And everybody thought immediately it was him because right, that's he kills what he does. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, again guys, Avengers is great. 
do I want some fresh freshness added to the Marvel Universe? Yeah, let's do it. Let's and do it. I, I thought the Hulk, he, they should give him a movie with Mark Ruffalo. I know they have a TV series, but... They're working on both. Yeah, well, they weren't back at the yeah. premiere. They were like, no, there's no movie. And then it's like the, the response to, from everyone with this Hulk, this version of this Hulk, I think has made that happen, which I'm really happy. It's like, I'm, I'm stoked. Guys, if you want more Avengers talk, there's literally an hour and a half conversation with me and Ian and Kerner. And Ian Kerner is a human computer. <laughs> like, he's retarded when it comes to comic books. He's literally quoting which... Which issues? Issue, the issue? issue 173 like, that's with Ian. Scarlet Witch. And here's the thing. You can fucking call Ian a nerd, but the dude is like a black belt in Krav Maga, and all he wants to do is kill people. <laughs> like, he, I get scared having lunch with the guy, because he gets so pumped. After that, we recorded that episode, we went to Five Guys, and there were some hipsters at the table next to us who were being really loud. And I said, guys, shut up. <laughs> like, I don't rarely, I rarely do that, right? But I was like, guys, honestly, shut up. And Ian goes... I just wanted one of those guys to retaliate because I knew exactly how I'd put him down. And I was like, holy shit, Ian, really? A scary comic nerd. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I'm a comic nerd that knows how to kill people. <laughs> You're the frightening one. Ian came to my wedding and he took one of my guests to the side and he just trained him in Krav Maga for like an hour. It's really funny. We started making videos of people standing in front of the video, but we were actually videotaping Ian behind <laughs> them, like, fucking around. Uh, so, so, John Schnapp, let's talk about you. because. Hey. You've got a ton of stuff going on. If you guys have watched uh, a documentary, Episode 4, Fans Hope, the Comic-Con documentary that Morgan Spurlock did, you guys know John, because he opens the movie. Yeah, that freaked me out. Did it really? It did. It, it, it totally You've been in a out. documentary before, and behind the scenes and stuff like that? Yeah, but I, not, not something like that. I met Morgan like two years ago, because they filmed it two, two years ago at the Comic-Con, and uh, my girlfriend, Holly, introduced me to him, and I was like at this party, and he was at this party, and she was talking to him, and I was really drunk, and kind of, kind of like talking with a couple other people about how I was like angry that all these other television shows, like network shows that were, were at Comic-Con, and they had panels that were about lawyers, and like... Yeah. You know, this guy's a surfer. It's like, why is that at Comic-Con? Yeah, that won't be gone in a year. Yeah, so, I know, I was, like, kind of on this, like, rant tip, and I was really drunk, and Holly was like, hey, this is Morgan, you know, like, and he was like, oh, you know, what's what's going on? And I kind of went off on that a little bit, and he's like, hey, do you want to be, you know, Seems like you've got something to say, come on. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'll talk about that, and then I woke up the next morning, I was like, I don't want to kill my, blacklist myself by naming all these, you know, so instead... I said all that stuff. I just didn't name any right. you know, specific things. So, but Ooh. at the same time, I was like, I, they kept asking me different questions about, mm-hmm. you know, why did I, how, how many years have I gone? What, you know, what kind of, all these different how questions. How many years had you gone? Uh, Thirteen. Wow. So, did you go up out here? No, no. Where'd I grew up in uh, Connecticut, and then I oh, really? went to the Art Institute of Chicago, and then I moved out here in like '99. But I had gone one year before, even before I moved out here. Mm-hmm. So. Do you? So you started your career in New York? Uh, no, I started my career in Chicago. So, uh, and so how'd you get up with the UCB guys and, and stuff like that? Cause, well, I was cause living you in did Chicago. A, you, you did the UCB pilot. You directed oh, yeah. the UCB pilot. Yeah, and a couple of uh, sequences after that right. for their series. But um, it, it all started in Chicago. Uh, I went to the Art Institute of Chicago, and I studied it. I was into, like, video, film, performance art, like, super weird stuff. But it sounds really it, like you're but, making gay films. Yeah, I was making, <laughs> making totally hardcore gay, gay cinema. Um, and uh, people were into dance, it. dance, Dad. Yeah. Dude, can I just go crazy style? And it's like, what, does, that, does that mean you're gay? No, man, I just want to express myself. I'm covering men mean? and naked men in paint. <laughs> so, um, no, I did a lot of uh, of cool, like, it was sort of like theater, but yeah. it was like theater of the bizarre, like, it like had, weird. It had multimedia. Yeah, it was multimedia, you know, that uh, performance art is that word that they used to use a lot more in the 90s. I just call it, you know, new media or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
So I was doing a lot of that and like doing these performances in front of bands and stuff when, once I graduated. You were performing yourself as an yeah, actor yeah. and stuff like that? Yeah, huh. I, would, like, I would do this strange cre character from, uh, from the future reading these weird <laughs> poems from the past. Like just, and then I have a dude drumming behind me. So That's then, awesome. Yeah, it was really fun. So um, I did that for a few years, but you get no, that's worth no yeah, money. Yeah, you're broke. Yeah, you're broke. I was like, drink tickets and here's five bucks. And we're like, I guess I'll do another performance. You know, like, <laughs> I so, could really use ten. <laughs> yeah, so in order to pay, pay for my bills, I was like doing murals and painting like once I graduated. Like you go to art school and you're like, it's pretty fun. I met a ton of amazing people and a lot of friends. And then once you graduate, you're literally kicked out into the real world and you're like oh i actually have to pay rent and bills and like yeah. sub subsist on like what i made and pay for art school yeah well yeah then the ultimate pay that all that back and um so i started doing a bunch of different things a couple of friends of mine were doing music videos they did uh, they shot nine inch nails first video at my house it wow was like uh down in it so that's on my roof and those guys were all there and uh, I, I you know they were just from these guys from cleveland i was watching seven samurai and they like walk in front of the screen i was like <clears throat> can you guys mind like i'm watching this <laughs> you could sit over there and it was just like really awkward and weird to have like i lived in this big loft and just have a whole crew you know come in and shoot this strange thing and so my friends started doing all these music videos and i was like hey, can I come by your studio at night and, like, print out my weird poetry? Wow. Because like, it looked cooler if I printed it out on their, like, Mac 2E. Parchment. Oh, Mac really? Mac 2E. Like, yeah, just, like, weird futuristic font instead of my hand scrawl. So I first started going there at night and just writing weird stuff. And they're like, John, you took animation in college. Do you want to, do you want to help, you know, work on some of these sequences? So I would, like, start doing copy stand stuff. And mm -hmm. they were like, and you're, you do all these performances. Why don't you act in our videos? So I was in a video with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, I did. I was in an Iron Maiden video, like Holy I'm the shit. main character, and all these videos. So it's like and you can like, YouTube all these. Yeah, yeah. You can YouTube the Melvins, uh, the Infectious Grooves, Therapy with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, and these weren't small bands, even no, then. No. Like these weren't small bands. No, like, they, they, these were these were bands at the top of that music. Yeah. So I'm in a, a ton of these crazy videos. Like Nine Inch Nails. What year was that? That was a 19. Um, I believe it was 1988 or 89. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it wasn't much longer that my like neighbor. Jason Brewer mentioned Nine Inch Nails to me. It was probably 92, 93. Uh, and he was like, yeah, this band. And I was like, that sounds like noise. Let's make some more prank calls. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like that was, they were about to go big. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and so you started getting into like, drawing. how old were you? I was 20. Wow. And so you started doing all this art. And at what point did you start doing animation? Uh, I started doing animation in, uh, I believe it was 92. Mm -hmm. Um I did a James Bond Jr. commercial for Cartoon Network through this company. Cartoon Network existed back then. It was yeah. like the they, like Nickelodeon had just created it. Well, well it's Turner. It's Turner. So, Turner. So that was yeah. like the, their Nick. There was like their their Salvo. Yeah. So they they started airing a bunch of uh, you know reruns of different shows, and so the ad campaigns, the interstitials, they were like hiring out to different companies, and this music video company started getting these you know more and more of these interstitials so they were like hey do you want to do this and i was like ah, i'll do you know some so i did a weird running animation loop and like laser explosions and weird you know video control screens and put the actual animate the the show's animation inside of that yeah yeah just and made, the control screens and stuff yeah just made some cool little bumpers and stuff and that was actually my first like real job because up until then i was just still just do, doing <laughs> crazy theater of the arts. Mind. yeah crazy art stuff and i was like holy shit i'm getting a lot of money to do this stuff and I could do whatever I want. Uh -huh. That's kind of cool, even though it's a corny show like James Bond Jr. was Right, fun. but those networks ended up 
blowing up in the late 90s. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I think, did, I mean, would you say that Ren and Stimpy opened the door for all that stuff? I'd say so. I mean, I'd say it opened the door for more adult content. Right. You know, um, which eventually led to uh, Adult Swim. But, like, so I, I, then I did this weird science fiction comedy pilot at this music video um, production house called Mad Science. And I, that's where I met the Upright Citizens Brigade. I met Del Close. He read my script through a friend of mine, Ali Faranakian, and he was like, I want to help you make this script. Mm-hmm. So then I started hanging with Del Close, and he helped me cast it. He was actually the voice director, so and he's also one of the main characters. It's a, a science fiction comedy film I've never released. It's got yeah. Rich, Rich Fulcher, Dave Keckner, Matt Besser. Holy shit. It's got, Those like, guys are all huge now. I know. It's got a who's who. Like It's like one of those, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world Whoa. with all these like like comedians. So it's, it's a really strange... Uh, a really strange science fiction comedy series. I made three episodes. They're a half hour each. And you can't, you can't, legally you can't release it? Oh, I could release it whenever I want. Well, the thing is, like, like last night, what did I go see? I went to see The Dictator with my wife yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's funny. You guys can wait for rental. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you can feel where it's edited. I just love Sasha Baron Cohen. I think he's incredible. And um, they had the Anchorman 2 teaser on front oh, okay. of it. And so you had, like, that's Dave Keckner. Sure. And you had, like, Will Ferrell. And what was awesome is Steve Carell, isn't yeah. it? And you're, and you're sitting there going, man, like, Steve Carell has become such a huge star since that first Anchorman movie, you know? And, and yeah, so, for real. And, and it's like, wow, and he's coming back, and he's just playing, like, the third wheel dope. Brick. And yeah. it's fucking <laughs> awesome. And and just that, that feeling that is that these guys are all have this camaraderie, and they're like, yeah, man, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you can throw me under the bus in your movie. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that movie was so much fun. I mean, I loved Anchorman. And so that, that was cool to see. And now you've got guys like, well, what made me think of it is Dave Keckner's in your movie. Um, why not put it out? Um, a, a couple you, of, do you hate it? I don't, no, I don't hate it. I, I, I really like it a lot. I mean, I just, I just, it's one of those things where I was going to put it out in like 2003, actually when Chris Gore had his DVD film clip. Yeah. You know, I do, you still, up, do you still? I mean, I know you still talk to Chris, and Chris is on our show with us right. on the thirty first. Do you? Do you talk to? Um, oh, what's his name? I love you, man. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on your name, and I missed you at South by. But do you still talk to Film Threat? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, you mean yeah. Chris Gore? Well, well, Chris sold it to, oh, to um, Mark Bell. To Mark Bell, yeah. that's the name. Yeah, I still talk to him on yeah. Facebook. I'm like, yo, go capture me a Hobbit, yo. Yeah, he's out in New Zealand. Mark, Mark moved to, to Jersey. What? Mark moved to Jersey like a year ago. So Mark's back in the states. Wow. So that, that's why I didn't respond to my like, yo, get me a Hobbit because I just wrote him. He probably thought you were just being a dick. Oh no, <laughs> I was like, uh, he wished me a happy birthday. Yeah, he moved to New Zealand when he married his wife, who's from New Zealand, right. and then. Uh, I think he's like, dude, I can't do shit for New Zealand. Then <laughs> he moved back. Right, Mark, I'm out in the Shire, man. Nothing's happening. Guys, right. go to go to the Audio Geekscape on, on iTunes. Mark Bell was like on one of the first fifty or hundred episodes. Yo, what's up, Mark Bell? I love Mark. How's um, Jersey treating you? Go I'm, get me a Hobbit. I, he's either in Jersey or, or, or Connecticut, but I made fun of him like two, three years ago at Comic Con because he was wearing all that movie shit. From, from you know Kevin Smith's like uh, oh, for real? you know the movie yeah, thing sure. the fake restaurant he, he looked like a movie employee did he have the short shorts <laughs> and, and, so and I was like, like a Kevin I was Smith like clone? dude did you I was like dude did you spill some food on your on your shirt and he goes no what and I go oh no it's Kevin Smith's jizz like dude oh, Jesus man. you look like a giant fucking billboard for right? Kevin Smith like what are you doing <laughs> Kevin Smith's in your episode four fans hope Comic Con documentary yeah I mean they've got a ton they of got those tons guys. of people yeah I mean. uh yeah, like I said, I met the editor, and he told I, I met him at the Guggenheim like a couple weeks beforehand. We were going to this Pete and Pete reunion show. Holy shit! And he actually, we found out he worked on Pete and Pete. He was on the third season. He was like the props master. So it was like this totally weird, 
random connection, meeting this guy, and then we're like, we're going to this party tonight. Do you want to go? And I texted the guys from Pete and Pete, who actually wrote the zombie animated thing that I just worked on. So I was like, that was a, just a really great coincidence, and that's how I found out. I was like, well, I'm probably not in the movie. And he's like, dude, you're all over the movie. You're in a you lot of the, the movie. movie. I was like, I was like, get out of here, because I thought, you know. And like, that movie's on demand. It's been it was on yeah. demand prior to the movie's release. And like, you guys, honestly, check it out because. If you've ever wanted to go to Comic-Con, I, I think this is a pretty great depiction. And Geekscapist, uh, there are a couple of Geekscape friends in the movie. I know that they've got a shot of um, of uh, Heidi Hilliker, our own Heidi Hilliker. She's dressed as uh, Wonder Woman in it. You can see Bibiani in the background. Um, but I thought it was great. It was a cool little movie. It's an amazing film because it's, it's so easy to make fun of people, especially geeks. It's like... And, you oh, know, that's but that's low hanging fruit, and I'm glad right. they didn't go for it. Yeah, you know? they, they were just like you know, just talking to one of the editors, like Tim. He said, you know, if you stayed on something for one second longer, you're automatically making fun of this person. Like some of those slow motion shots. So it was like a lot of they they had like 750 yeah. hours. So so for example, like an obese person running, if you stay on that shot beyond the initial imagery, yeah, you're making fun of this dude. You're turning yeah. it into a parody. Yeah. So they yeah. they were really careful about that, and they. And they also had a, a really great level of uh, of just respect for the actual Comic-Con. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they touched on how it's kind of turning into this other thing, but they didn't make it a negative thing. I think that's all up to the programmers of Comic-Con. Like, if you guys want to spin something off called Megacon, I think that would be awesome. And then you could have all your shows about, like, lawyers and your and your sitcoms and stuff that has have really nothing to do with comic books or mm-hmm. sci-fi or fantasy or genre pictures, you know. Well, you and I met... Or comic uh, books, for that matter. You and I actually met two years ago, and we didn't know each other. Like, I, I, I would say that we're just now getting to know each other. Right. But two years ago, you signed at the Geekscape booth when you guys released the, the collection Tip of Titmouse yeah. books. And yeah. then you were on that Comics on Comics panel with me where Asterios and Brian Walton just yelled at each other. Yeah, and it was a Javier. It was and Javier and Asterios were like... Kind and that of, was it. And, yeah. and, and Ralph Garman was on it, but he was too tired. Uh, Rich Johnson from Bleeding Cool, Bleeding cool was, yeah, yeah. was on it, but he was too tired. Everybody was pretty much zombified. But Javi, I saw him last night, and you can always get Javi to talk, mile a minute. Mm-hmm. And, then, uh, and then fucking Asterios. And then, of course, Brian Walton, who you guys know from Geekscape. He's now over at Nerdist News. And yeah, I think I said he, like three he, things. He's not, he's not on short that. on talking. Right. <laughs> so well, that panel was just like was I, didn't, I just was, didn't want to talk over those guys, and they just were like you couldn't have. yeah, they were just like so loud and so like chiming back and forth on some kind of weird like. And I'm just he looking at this. I'm inside your pocket now. I'm inside your I, mind. I think they videotaped it, and you can literally just see me staring down at my notes, being like, <laughs> I like like I almost have like shell shock. Right. Like I'm like I don't I don't I don't know what to do with this. That's right. I got to tell you guys. May 31st, we're going to do a better job. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. May 31st at the uh, Michelet. That's the name. The Improv, right? At the Improv. Yeah. And our, and our female host guest is Misha Ray. Quelbricks? Misha Ray. Skiampu. No, I think that's literally her name, Misha Ray. I don't know her name. And, and, she, and she's playing uh, Barbara Gordon Batgirl for Sax Car and Hank is short. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yet another Batman web series. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's see do that. It. The world needs Put another. Put that girl in that awesome outfit. <laughs> she looks like Barbara Gordon. That might work. Um, so yeah, Comic Con's awesome. This Mad Science thing. Eventually, I'm going to put it out on on the web or something like that. What so. I'm saying is, YouTube should give Tip Mouse or you a YouTube channel. Yeah, they're giving YouTube channels to a bunch of people, and I think those people are realizing, oh, this isn't why it isn't on TV. Like a lot. Like I would say. 20% of the content that these original YouTube channels are creating 
is worthwhile? Am I being nice or am I being harsh? Uh, I'd say 35. 30, 35%. So I'm yeah. being harsh. Okay. But like, why not give it to an animation studio? Why not? They should. They you, should. YouTube, if you are listening. And uh, it doesn't have to be strict yeah. uh, animation. Like, again, we can put this, the, the space thing on it. Yeah. No, I have like seven and a half hours of stuff that I've not released. Of like just weird, strange things that I finished that you know I did while I was doing all these other TV shows. I've done. I've been working on Metalocalypse for eight years, and it's really hard to even imagine that. Does that make like, you crazy? Uh, no, it doesn't. It makes me feel like I've done my job on this show. I'm moving on, and I'm going to make other shows now. You never. Do you ever get a chance to like ever sense of like I'm going to die here? No, never. I'm going to fucking die. This is going to be my epitaph. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say that. No, I feel like I've done what I wanted to with Metalocalypse. I designed the characters. I created the look of the show. I, you know, the first two seasons. Did the I world edited. the world tour with Mastodon? Yeah, I edited and, di- and I directed almost all those videos for the for the Death Clock World Tour. So it was like, or not World Tour. It was just America. It was just America. Yeah, good. Um, but they did. They, We're xenophobes. Yeah, they went up to Canada. Um, that doesn't count. Yeah, eventually I think they'll do a world tour. So, you know, I, I love the characters and I love I love that world. But it's like at this point now, it's like I'm really happy that Grim Fairy Tales, we, we ran a, a Kickstarter. And thanks anyone who was listening, who contributed. You guys all helped make us, give us the ability to make an, mm-hmm. an animated first episode without any, you know, corporate, purchase. corporate uh, any studio financing or help. Completely or, independent. Yeah, so it's really fun. We're working on the script right now. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, of those artists, you know, prepping their work that we've been talking about. And... Um, yeah, and the next the next step for me is going into feature films. So I'm like, right now putting together a, a pitch package of a couple of different horror films and sci-fi films. So that's really like my interest of the next where I want to go. I mean, I have a couple of comedy ideas, but I really want to just do a couple of really like straight up horror films. Like I've been doing these horror shorts for the last couple of years. I did this, you know, puppets biting people and they turn into zombies. It's called They Coming. And it's this weird horror short. I've screened it a couple times here around in California. It's never screened anywhere else, and I haven't released it on the internet yet. But uh, me and a couple of my friends, uh, you know, they had this idea, and they contacted me, like, hey, we, want, we have this puppet, you know, horror zombie film. We think you'd be awesome to direct it. So originally they just had it as, like, a one-minute thing. I was uh-huh. like, let's turn it into a script. So we wrote the script together. Then we went out and shot it. Then six months later we reshot, like, the whole last half of it. Because we're like, that part didn't work that Yeah, so, why not? Why not? Yeah. And uh, we really had a lot of fun uh, just getting it to, into what it is now. So, you know, it's it's weird pup. It's like almost like, you know, we were calling them zuppets, like uh-huh. zombie puppets. And know. they bite you and then you become one of them. Yeah. So the actors literally get reinterpreted yeah. into yeah, it. Yeah, into it. And some of them, is, there's these weird different strains that we wrote about. So, you know, if we end up it's making It's like fucking Left 4 Dead. Yeah. It's, <laughs> there's it's like definitely the, the tank up. one. There's like the fast ones. There's like different kind of zombies. Yeah, totally. There's the weird witch, you know, <laughs> if you cool. don't want to mess with. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking of horror, you're directing one of the segments in the ABCs of horror. ABCs of Death. Yeah. ABCs of Death. What is that? The ABCs of Death. Well, it's this. Uh, it's this project that uh, Aunt Timpson and uh, the Alamo Drafthouse uh, put together, where they they, pick, they picked twenty six directors from all around the world to do a letter of the alphabet, A through Z, and just interpret that letter and make it about death. Like, what letter did you get? I can't tell you. That's secret. <laughs> that's awesome. I, and I also don't know what any of the other directors got. Like, yeah. I mean, there's the guy from Tokyo Gore Police. I'm like, I can't wait. To, there's really? all these different directors from all around the world. Like, Who are some they, of your favorite? Yeah. Uh, uh, some of the newest guys that I'm really, um, um, I'm really excited to see what they're doing now is like, I saw Kill List, which yeah, is uh, Ben Wheatley. Ben Wheatley. Yeah. yeah. 
I thought that movie was amazing. That's a Channel 4 movie? I don't know. Channel 4 put it out. Oh, for real? Yeah, I okay. think so. My friend uh, Anna Higgs, just like she was one of the producers on People vs. George Lucas. She just got a big job over at Channel 4. And if you guys check the website, if you're filmmakers, I think Channel 4 is running a contest. And I, I don't know what you can win. You can definitely get put onto Channel 4 in the UK. But um, the contest is you reimagine, reshoot scenes from your favorite Channel 4 movies, stuff like Train Spotting and stuff like that. But yeah, I've never seen Kill List, but I really want to because Simon Pegg is like huge on Ben Wheatley. And these uh, guys are too. Yeah, I am now. After I saw that, I was like, all right, I'm going to follow what this guy's doing next. In fact, he's doing something with the guy who won the, the, the all the letters were picked out. I actually just contacted Ant, like, out of the blue. And I was like, hey, I, I read about this thing. I'd love to I'd love to work with you. I know you're, you're doing this. It's yeah. done. I'd love to work with you on something else. And he's like, oh, awesome. I love your stuff. Then a couple months later, he was like, one of our directors dropped out. Oh, wow. I want to be in. You're at the top of my list. He didn't want to be in it? Something happened with somebody else. Oh, schedule before, or something? Yeah, before they announced everything. It was like... Wow. Um, so then they announced me and, um, and another director, and then they did that contest. And this guy who uh, basically was... He's like a claymation guy. Yeah, Hardcastle is his name. Yeah, and he did this short, and it's the one. It's the one short. It's, I, I guess it's twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, T is for toilet. Yeah, so he did T is for toilet, and it's just different people dying. It's like, but it's all in different styles because there's different animators. And this one, if you guys look for T is for toilet on the internet or ABCs of death, it's so fucking funny. I must have watched that thing ten times. Yeah, it's this little kid, and there's a toilet involved, and it's like horrifying, gory. He's scared really of using fun. the yeah. toilet on his own. It's uh, it's really well done, and that was. Well, that was there was like 270 over 270 people put in short films to try to get that slot yeah T. so I watched a bunch of them but the internet the people on the online voted for the top 10 of those 270 or plus so then all the directors from the movie then picked the winner of that and I, I picked T is for toilet so I was glad that that actually won because I mean all of the top 10 final were pretty fun, awesome pretty cool and I'm like Hey, that'd be great for like just. When and some were live action. Out. Um, most of them were live action. Yeah, there were only a couple that were like animated. I definitely would have made tears for titties, but it probably wouldn't have been ABCs of death. Right. It would have probably been something like like really awful that you ABCs don't. ABCs of strippers. It would definitely be something you turn off when your parents come home. ABCs of whores. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm starting to hear some scary stories from you, Geekscapists. You guys know uh, Raymond Russell on the on the Geekscape website. He just posted or sent me an email that he had a dream. Uh, and that's why this is how Geekscape has been going on the, the longest. And I don't know if it's a testament to what we do at Geekscape or it's a reason for it to go away and be burned to the ground. But uh, Raymond Russell, I think, just sent me a MySpace message that, or a Facebook message that um, he, uh, he had a dream that he went to my mom's house. And he didn't probably, does he even know what my mom looks or sounds like? Yeah. But he goes, hopefully, but hey, Raymond, watch yourself. But he went to my mom's house and she was garage selling all my like, old geek shit. And so he called me or like texted me. He doesn't have my number, but he emailed me. And I got really upset. <laughs> and so I drove over there as fast as possible. I showed up. And I was like, oh, I didn't want any of this shit anyway. Hmm. But you guys are starting to have dreams with Jonathan or Geekscape in it. And I don't know how to feel about that. I think it's pretty cool sometimes. And I think yeah. we're just going to have to take this on a case-by-case basis. Go to the forums, geekscape.net. Start a thread. Start posting these weird as dreams, and I think that would be a really cool film contest. Jonathan on a raft with a very tiny frog and a very large bear. They're having a conversation about the Avengers. Go. 
<laughs> that that's not that would be cool. You know what? That actually happens. Yeah, because you're on a raft. That's also that could be a horror movie. What's underneath you? Lots of sea creatures. <laughs> Cthulhu. It's like what what can possibly be under you? Everything. Yeah, it's the ocean. Very scary. Yeah, the ocean's pretty. The unknown is always pretty scary. Um, so ABCs of death. ABCs of death. Super excited about it. Um, I, I believe it's coming out November second. That, that's what I read. About. And um, I, it's one of those films where I like I did my little section, and then there's like 25 other directors. You're excited. You're as excited to see the movie as we are. I'm beyond, yeah, I'm super excited. And Tim like, League at Draft House is awesome. Yeah, like. there's Ty West. There's the Tokyo Gore Police director. I mean, I can't remember his, how to say his, his name, but he's done like Hell Driver. They're all on on Netflix, and you can watch these bizarre, insane. Super surreal films that this guy does. I think they're amazing. And Ty West did The Innkeepers. Yeah, The Innkeepers, great. I'm friends with Pat Healy. I was really happy he's in that. Did you uh, see... He also did House of the Devil, which is actually one of my favorite, like, really good 70s adaptation style. And I saw... Uh, Pat Healy I talked to online, but he just was in Compliance, which I saw right. South by. Did you see Compliance? I didn't. He talked to... He, he, I've heard a lot about it, though, so... It's one of those movies that definitely... You either... I don't... I mean, it, I was like, why is this movie creating such a such a big up in arms at Sundance. And then I watched the movie and I was like, yeah, I can see why this polarizes people. Mm. Um, it polarized Brent Moore and I, our writer Brent Moore. We're sitting next to each other and I leaned to him and I was like, are you into this? Because I wasn't quite into it. And he goes, I'm very into this. <laughs> <laughs> so check yeah. out Compliance and see where you land well, on that. I, and I think the casting is great. I mean, Pat He's he great. Was, yeah, he could play a creep. And he was know? an innkeeper. Like, he was yeah, great and he played a, like a weird, withdrawn nerd in that. So, I mean, he's really good. He's a good actor. He's cool. We should have him on Geekscape as well. Yeah. Future Geekscape. We talked about it, but... Um, Yo, Pat Healy, stop he got, trying he, to avoid it. No, no, it wasn't. It was like his... Like, I guess the, the festival season wasn't the best season to try and do yeah, it. Yeah, he'd be on it. He's working like crazy. Um, so Draft House Films puts that on out, guys. Remember the FP, the movie that we've been pushing like crazy? Draft House Films. We had a screening. It was awesome. The FP comes out on, I think, DVD, like June 16th or something. Uh, do you know about that movie, the FP? Yeah, I've read about it. It's awesome. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Some people, you, I, I got another polarizing movie that Tim League took a chance on because you're either going to love it or hate it. Um, we had two people walk out of the FP screening that Geekscape sponsored up at the City Walk. But you know what? F those people. <laughs> the movie's awesome, and I love it. Um, okay, so tell me about the zombie thing that you're doing with Sam Jackson. Well, tell me everything. Um, I can't. I can barely tell you anything. I can tell you that there's a zombie thing with Sam Jackson. This is I. I made an animated uh, pilot, and uh, Sam Jackson's company produced it, and he's in it. And we have a couple other actors who. Uh, Everyone knows from television. One guy's from a popular sitcom on NBC, which just got a renewal for 13 episodes. The other guy's on a popular TV show on AMC that's in it's going to be in its last season, and it's one of the most amazing TV shows on right now. I think now. it's great that Aaron Paul's going to be in this project. Um, <laughs> I'm not your, saying... Hey, don't say yes or no. I'm not saying yes or no, but you're a very <laughs> good guesser about certain things. Um, <laughs> we don't know that. We Guys, I'm again, I'm doing what I did on Twitter. So I'm guessing. I'm not confirming that I'm him guessing. or the other comedian from... I, I do want to meet that company. guy. Not to say that he's in your pilot, but I do want to meet him because he was no, in my I've buddy. No, I've met him. I, he I mean, was in my buddy I'm James I'm not saying Pond, he was in my pilot or not, but I've met him. He's supposedly the nicest dude on the so planet. He's so cool, and he's incredibly funny. Yeah. And it just, he's just got a great sense of humor. He's really uh, a really nice guy, and it was awesome meeting him and hanging out with him. I've met him at a couple times uh, on many different occasions. So, uh, you know, 
Chris Holmes is a great DJ. Let me just throw that guy's name out there. <laughs> and he's like, he's a lot of people come and hang out and, and meet up at like you know his dj parties that he has at the roosevelt so you might want to go one who was it yeah he was in a movie that my buddy did that was at sundance this movie uh well, god sorry james what was the name of your movie um but aaron paul was in it with um with ramona flowers um it yeah, was good was, though he's in that movie with that other guy right <laughs> what is it i'm trying i'm trying to i'm trying to see um nick offerman yeah, he's in that movie with Nick Offerman. That was cool. Uh, what are you doing? Sorry. You're, you're being, you have a treasure map in front of me. Yeah. Uh, guys, we're actually recording this episode at Titmouse, so there's a million distractions, and John is just <laughs> taking things off the walls That's and showing right. me. And hey, I'm take like, a look at this. I'm like, dude, I know. This place is full of toys. Nick Offerman's awesome. He was actually in a series that I did called Flack Crisp Total what is Action. I have 15 episodes of it. I'm going to release it before Comic-Con. So, yo, Nick, prepare for... Put that outfit back on, son. Wait, what the fuck is Flat Crisp? Nick Offerman. Are these full-length episodes? What no, are they're three-minute Three-minute longs. Yeah. Make a YouTube channel I know. for the studio. I will. I will. I'll make a YouTube channel for myself. For you. For so, you. So, uh, it's going to be called Schnep Zone, so... Like, honestly, uh, did you just create this in our conversation, or is no, this no, something I've, you wanted to do? Yeah, no, I've got... I've got okay. all these things made. Okay, stuff. do it. Because, like, listen, what are you doing sitting on this shit? I'm just lazy about it, I guess. I Is know. it laziness? Yeah. Because you're not worried you're going to put this out and people are going to yell at you. How do you feel about this stuff? Like, no, like, I, like what's, the, what's the biggest criticism you've, you've received in your career? Um, I don't know. So what do you have to be afraid of? Why are you sitting on this stuff? It is just laziness, huh? Yeah, or just, I don't know. I end up making stuff, and it's, I, that's my worst part of my creative once process. you made it, you feel that's good enough. Yeah, I'm. I've I've really fall off. Like I made these comics in 2003. I went to Comic Con. I had a booth. I had them, and then I never did anything with them. I didn't put them through Diamond. I just was like, there, I've made them. So I have like a thousand of these full color comics that I paid the artist to make, just sitting in the back of my house. So like, that's how I work. It's so horrible. So thank God for Adult Swim. Like. I would just finish an episode of Metalocalypse and it would just sit there. In a way, you're still in that fucking black box theater dressed in paint. Yes. Like dancing for a bunch of people who just want to see your penis. Yes. Well, like, in, not necessarily that way. But, <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, come on, man. Welcome I don't know. To America. Be a capitalist. I, I'm, I have a really hard time doing that. Like self-promoting is a problem for yeah, you Yeah, I've always had a problem with this that. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> All right, John? This is what we're going to do. We're going to announce your channel. Right. In the addition of these episodes, because you know Comic-Con's in two months. Right. Okay? Comic-Con's actually a week early this year. Two months. You're going to start your channel right after Comics on Comics on the 31st. All right. Well, you have your channel. You're going to upload the yeah. first of these videos. So you can roll them out through June and July, like early July. I'll do it. Okay? You've got my word. On top of that. Right. Comic-Con. The Geekscape booth. You're not a stranger to it. Right. We're literally across from Cartoon Network now. They literally hopped us over the wall if you guys went to the Geekscape booth in the past couple Oh, right cons. on. That's we awesome. actually have a better location now. Uh, we're right around the corner from where we were, but John Schnepp's going to be there. I will be there, and I'll, I'll premiere one of these one of these uh, Comics. No, you're going to be there with the comics. I'll bring my comics from 2003. You're going to bring these comics from 2003, okay. and you're going to have them for a price. You're going to sell them. All right, I'll sell Are you sell okay it. with that? Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I'm forcing you to... 
I'm forcing you to do this. Like, I, uh, come on, I know, man. Right? Like, who are these assholes you hang out with who just let you be your own? Like, come on. Your friends are letting you be a dickhead. I know. That's a horrible you're, thing. You're becoming your own worst enemy, and these people aren't helping you. I know. Thank God Jack came along with this, or um, Jack and Doff came along with this, with this, uh, you know, Grim Fairy Tales oh, I know. animated series. You know what? Like, Ben, Ben Jackanoff, who's like, uh, I met here, here at Titmouse. Uh, he was running the comic book Sunday stuff, and originally I was just at my office working on Sundays, and I'd be like, "Who well, here are in all LA, these guys? Here in LA, we've got this thing on Sundays, uh, one Sunday of a month. It's called Comic Book Sunday, and it's a bunch of comic book creatives getting together, some professional, some amateur, and we just get together, and we we share comics, and we uh, talk and hang out. And we've started to hold them here at Titmouse, and he roped you. Thank God he roped you into this. No, he didn't rope me into it. It was like I've met I met him after a couple months of him doing this Titmouse stuff. Here at Titmouse, and I was like, "What? Are, what are all these people? It's so super loud." I'd come up in the front, there's a big box of trying to work here. comics, and I'm like, people were like, the "Hulk can bench press this much," and I don't know if I got to tell you, I stopped going this. to Comic Book Sunday for like a couple months because right. it got a little sad because of that exact reason. There, so are, there, that, are, there is a mouth breather contingent. Yeah, I mean, but like every, you know, and then you but get over happy. that. Yeah, yeah, you get over that part. I was first, I was like. A little bit of a, you know, ah, I'll just pick a few comics and go back to my office. And who's this super loud guy? Ben, you know, whatever his name is. And then I got to know him, and he's, like, just a really nice guy. Yeah. He, that's him in, in reality, just a, a big guy. Um, and uh, started hanging out with him, became his pal. We started working on some short films together. And uh, he started working, even before he was working on Zenis- at, at Zenoscope, which he works at now, he was like, you got to meet my friends at Zenoscope. You know, this, because I was, I was already putting together, like, a movie that was like, I've, I've written out, it's a horror film that's going to be all animated. But I wa- I've wanted to do this anthology thing. So I was writing that out, and I was like, well, I'm going to take that out and, and pitch that. He's like, you should talk to these guys. They have this grim fairy tales thing, and you, you know, you might you might enjoy like checking their stuff out. And that's a comic book that's been coming out for how Since long? 2005, and I had this kind of snobbish a, a, a approach to that to that um, company, as well as a bunch of other companies that have the, you know, the... Girls in lingerie on the cover and like right. all like seventeen variant covers. Yeah, it's like what chick- is this? The mid fucking nineties again? Yeah, like- so that, I was like, nah, I'm not gonna. I don't really want to even check those comics out. They're just like you know titty mags or whatever. And I was just like, he was like, well, no, the stories are really cool. Just meet them. And I was like, yeah, no, of course I'll meet them and stuff. But I've never read them, so right. I meet those guys, Joe and Ralph, and they're super nice guys. They give me a couple trades to read. I read them. Amazing stories. I really, I love. These are grim fairy tales. Yeah, it's just reinterpret reinterpretations of the grim fairy tales in this really cool dark tales from the crypt style way. And so it's actually horror. It's actually horror. It's and and each story had like was drawn by a different artist. So that's why I was like, wow, I can take that template and push it even farther in film and animation and do like the heavy metal thing that I wanted to do, which right. is like completely different style. So then I was like, I'll push it even further. Like now I've got Alex Party, I got Bill Sinkevich, I've got artists that I I respect and admire, and I'm gonna be able to animate their styles. The so one that really impressed me was uh, Eric Powell from the Eric, Goon. Eric Powell and I met via through Def Clock. Like he did really? the Def Clock covers. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. That's right. And uh, I met him and, and and become his pal for like the last four years. And it's like he's a really nice guy. He's a great guy. Does super he still talented. live in Amarillo? He yeah he lives all yeah. In he, Texas, he right? He lives in uh, Texas, I believe. Yeah. Hold on, wait a sec. Uh, where did, I, I think I only know that because it's a, it's a town that is closest to where my father grew up, and, we, and like my my aunt still live there. So whenever I was like, "What? People are from Amarillo and they get out?" I don't. <laughs> you know, I like, don't think he lives in Amarillo. I think he, he lives, lives in some place like that. Yeah, yeah, he lives. It doesn't matter. He's involved. No, no, I know. I just I can't remember exactly where he lives. We're Facebook friends. 
But look it up. Yeah, I should look it up right now. But but uh, eep, and then eep. There, here's where he lives. Eep. <laughs> Strange goon fans, come, please go to address Eric Powell at three sixteen five thirty two North Memphis Boulevard. That's the that's a movie I'd like to see too. Is that goon film? Yeah, man. Why don't you help him with that shit? Dude, I mean, how, how much how, how much more help can he get than having uh, what's his name attached? Right, you know I mean, what I mean. It's just the, that's the horrible thing about all this stuff: raising money and trying to get people who are, don't understand how cool certain properties are, because no one's going to get until you make it. So it's like, right. and even then, sometimes it's harder because they made that little cool trailer for the goon, and it was like that looks pretty awesome. Hopefully, someone's going to kick out money, and it's really hard to get that kind of money. So, and I mean, they have what's his name attached? A social network. What's the name of the director? Oh, David Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah, David like, Fincher Jesus. is attached as a and producer. And he was attached to the heavy metal movie, and we were talking to Kevin Eastman, and he's like, yeah, even with all these people attached, it's hard to get this thing made, because people are like, what, an R-rated horror? Uh, exactly. That's anim- why all those animated co- film? Yeah, fuck those people who are like, what, an R-rated? It's like, fuck you, man. That's how. I, that's why at Grim Fairy Tales, we went totally, like, we're just going to make it ourselves. How much did you guys raise on your Kickstarter? 188000 And that's enough to do one episode? It's enough to do one episode. One hundred eighty-eight thousand. Well, I mean, minus how long, like we have I know, I know, I know. a lot of incentives to pay I know. off. You got to pay that stuff back. But how long is it going to take to make this episode? We'll have. We're going to premiere it. In, the first episode we're premiering it at New York Comic Con. In so what? September, October? Oh, that's in October, the middle of October. Uh, well, you're going to make it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool. I'm very. I'm very sure we're going to have it. You know, and then, right. and that will also be your pitch piece. Yeah, and we'll have a bunch of the other episodes recorded and like storyboarded. So we're going the whole nine, and it's like it's really fun. To do it this way. Are you guys literally doing nine episodes to start with? No, we're going to do... Thirteen? Well, the plan is like ten episodes. Okay. And then also a movie version, so... You're right. I read about how this crazy structure that you were having. Yeah. The, the ten episodes fit into the movie? Or they Some of be, them fit okay. into the movie, and then the movie also has like all these brand new episodes, as well as... A, like, in not ca- just interstitials, right. but actual episodes. Yeah, actual episodes that pertain to the character. And there's this whole beeline story that will... To flesh it out as a film. Yeah. Holy so, crap. So it's really exciting, and it's like, you know, I mean, to me, it's like that whole thing about R-rated, you know, thank God Prometheus is R-rated. I don't even care why it's R-rated. I just want to be able to go see a film that's like, this is made for adults. Right. And not We're not messing around here and, like, cutting stuff down. I'm excited for Prometheus, but because I'm always a skeptic, mm-hmm. I I, uh, I didn't post it to Twitter because I just knew it was going to be like, fuck you, Jonathan, you hated the Avengers. Again, I didn't hate the Avengers, you jerks. Um, but I was going to post, uh, guys. You strongly disliked it. No. <laughs> I was like, guys, as much as you guys, uh, are looking forward to Prometheus, go see a Ridley Scott movie after Gladiator. There's a bunch of Ridley Scott movies after Gladiator, because I had But this, that's what I'm saying, is like... But I had this conversation with myself, because I was like, well, Ridley Scott, he's hit and miss. And I went through his whole thing, and I'm like, he's way more... He's way hit, more he's hit. Way, he's way more hit than this. Right, than so, this. And some of them I haven't seen. I didn't see White Squall, and I didn't see Robin Hood. Robin Hood has its moments, but it, it's no. But I want to see him. It's tough. I, I think he's an incredible filmmaker. And did he do Kingdom of Heaven? Yes, he did. In Kingdom of Heaven, what I've heard, what I've heard is that his the director's actual director's cut, cut is, incredible. is incredible. I have it. Watched and it. And now what they cut from the director's cut made the movie. Like, Incomprehensible. Just, like, stop. Yeah, it yeah. just didn't make sense. Yeah, it's like you don't even know this oh, guy. Oh man, his own, you don't know that he's talking to his own brother. And that the, because they it, cut out that guy. Supposedly, the queen or the whatever uh, like motivation is totally gone in the theatrical cut, but yeah. it really is pretty uh, well, great. They cut out an hour and a half. Jesus so you're basically Christ. cutting out into half of the movie. How long is the director's cut? Three hours. It's a little. Over oh, I'll watch that shit. It's like the Avengers. Yeah, yeah it's, on, <laughs> it's on two discs. It's like. Is there a Hulk? 
<laughs> there is a Hulk type character played by uh, the the guy from The Hobbit. <laughs> I will watch. I will watch that Kingdom of Heaven three hour. All right, that works. I mean, yeah, that's a good evening. So, so you're right. Like short, like short shifting Ridley Scott is super talented, but like, yeah, I mean, Prometheus. I'm excited about it. I also don't think it's going to be a style over substance thing. I think it's no. They, I think they it, I mean I don't know if they can. I mean, I was kind of irritated. Uh, you know. That it wasn't a direct alien prequel. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, like, I'm one of the people who watched Lost and really hated that last episode, and in fact, hated the sixth season. So I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who's like, if you like Lost, watch the first five seasons, and then, at the end of the fifth season, not as a spoiler, I won't say what happens. That's where the show. Ends. I'm hardcore to the point where I say, hey man, stop watching Battlestar Galactica at New Caprica. You know, when they start getting into the whole five and seven and eights and like yeah, some of that, like, I mean the last. I still, I still really love all four seasons of Battlestar Galactica, and I'm okay with the weird kind of strange mm-hmm. ending that they did. I, I found, I found there was missteps like with the president having those bizarre dreams of yeah. little girl that it just never added up. So there was right. a lot of things that we were just like. But lost that last season of Lost. Lost like, last season of Lost. Just call it a magic fucking transporting island. What's so hard? Well, they that? did the worst two things you could do in anything. You, the worst two endings of anything is it was a dream, or oh. everybody's dead. Which and is what everyone both. predicted. That's what everybody predicted in the first season. Right. Like, no, no, no. We're not no, going no, that way. We're going to explain everything. Oh, it's a dream in world. No, it's dead. a magic Skittles fountain from the center of an island. Right. Here's a big cork in the middle of this thing. So, I mean, whatever. Anyway, so when I heard that uh, Damon Lindelof was one of the writers. So he's written a lot of other cool stuff. So, yeah. But I was like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's not even his fault or the other guy's fault. It was like, you know, hey, we got to wrap this up. Here's these notes. And you're me. serving several masters at that point. Yeah. You look, know what I mean? I mean look like, at Dan Harmon. He just got kicked off of his own show. You're serving way too many masters at that network level. That's what I mean. I, I, I think, uh, you know, it's like, you know, and I'm a latecomer to community because I was like, I'm friends with Dan from like back in 2002 when... Channel 101 was going on. I made a couple of failed pilots. Is that still going on? It's still going on. Like out in the Santa yeah, Monica? No, no. It's all, all down at the Independent down in Hollywood. Oh, the downtown Independent. Yeah. Peter, remember it was out in Santa Monica, like the, the whatever? Um, it moved around quite a bit. Like I was going when it was Cinespace, and it was like at this uh, little Thai place for a little bit. Jesus. Um, <laughs> but uh, You're still in that black box theater putting paint on yourself. I am. And bunny. Bing, bang, bang. Bing, bing. You want to see me hit this gong with a penis? Yeah. Watch this happen. <laughs> Here, here's a drink ticket. Thank you. <laughs> Putting needles through your nose yeah. and bling, shit. Bling, bling, bling. <laughs> I don't know why I'm making that sound. Bling, that's bling, the, that's bling, the gong. Bling. Yeah. That's the gong dong. Yeah. <laughs> a very tiny, strange person is hitting the gong. So, so your take on the Dan Harmon thing? Well, I started watching Community like uh, about three months ago or four yeah. months ago because everyone was telling me how great it was. And I, 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 I knew it was probably really good, but I didn't know how good it was going to be. Yeah. It's incredibly funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And I was like, Dan Harmon, you're an amazing genius. Well, how great would it be if you guys got this, got, got like an actual YouTube channel and you wouldn't have to go anywhere but like to a YouTube to put out Graham's Fairy Tales? That would be awesome. I think fucking, that, or what about I, I like a Hulu or an Amazon? I think that's the future of television. Netflix. Is, well, that, that, it's obvious now. I mean, you sort of like... All the major uh, regular regular TV, they're still going by this outmoded Nielsen's thing, where it's like, yeah. dude, they're not counting DVR, they're not counting like how people uh, nobody Actually watches watch stuff TV. in real time anymore. No. But all the old guard just doesn't get it. And they so. claim that they have science and technology that adapts for that kind of thing, but right. you know what? Nothing is more accurate than a download with an IS, with like a with like a, an actual address tied right. to it. That's pure accuracy. So. That's accuracy. You know what I mean? You know where it's going. You know the IP address. Here's the Nielsen. Ding, 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 ding. Yo, pass it with that. We're going to charge you this much ad rate. Right. At the same time, is there enough advertising revenue online to 
justify spending something on the level of a TV show. Mm, not yet. I mean, the television advertising model is so inflated by that antiquated Nielsen rating. It is. And the other thing, though, is like you have Netflix, you have Hulu Plus, you have all these basically online networks yeah. that people pay a monthly fee for, yeah. regardless as to whether it's on cable or not. That are just they're destroying our regular networks, which should be destroyed anyway because they're outmoded. Right. They're not catching up with the times. It's like, and they're making stupid decisions like canceling an incredibly creative show that you could renew for a fourth season, let it run an entire an entire season, and then you put it out on DVD, you put it out online, and you'll be recouping that money forever because I, there's ardent fans who will buy those DVDs. I have a theory based on this that. Um the stratification of audience is going to get to a point in the the accuracy of target uh, just just basically you know you have these stratified niches and these stratified audiences and, and it's going to allow ad rates yes on the web they're super low but you're actually going to be able to charge more of a premium and put out a stratification of products for that audience that allows you to charge more mm-hmm. so if you want to watch an R-rated version of your Grimm's fairy tale you can send it to those people and put it behind uh, an age wall. Yep. Right? Yeah. You can also put out a PG-13 version of your product. You know what I mean? And beyond that, you can, le- you can leave hot spots within your program for advertisers. Yep. And those advertisers, like on Hulu, you know, are pinpointed to the actual person who is downloading it and purchasing it. So you can actually charge more for that because it's a highly potent ad as opposed to something that people are going to glaze over because it has no relation to their lives. Right. At that point, yes, the Internet will start swelling advertising wise that's starting already so that's right. why i mean it's sort of an it's not it's just an eventuality it's right. not even a what we're talking about is just going to happen it's right. not like a when is it going to happen is it's happening and it's going to continue happening so i i think that's a you know end story all of our stuff will be online can i get more mad scientists i start talking about how you're watching stuff on your actual cell phone and your cell phone's also how you purchase tickets and purchase everything in your life yeah and it also has a gps so it knows where you are yep so satellite in the sky so those advertisements are actually going to start showing up outside of your program they're going to start showing up on billboards that are tied into right you know um but we that, live in the future yeah i mean we, yeah i mean we live in it so grim's fairy tales we're going to see it at New York Comic Con. Yeah, the premiere of it will be at New York Comic Con. And do, what, do some of those incentivized things get... You know what I wanted to ask you about? What? I, I am excited about Grant's Fairy Tale. And I, and, and, I, and I do like the fact that you don't have to go with a traditional network in order to have it exist. Right. But what I wanted to ask you about uh, was that video game that Tim Mouse was involved with, the pirate one. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, like it was haunt, like... Seven Haunted Seas. And it looked like LeChuck yeah. from, from Monkey Island? Yeah. Um, but, that... That was like Tim House was developing uh, video games for a little bit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna move your mic. Sure. I'm just gonna move it in the center. Okay. Tim Mouse was. Uh, Tim Mouse was developing video games for. A, they started out like a side company, um, Tim Mouse Games, and they were developing uh, some stuff with this guy named Aaron, uh, Aaron Pripador, I believe mm-hmm. his name is. Um, and uh, the first thing they started was this uh, uh, game called Seven Haunted Seas. And it, ultimately, what ended up happening is like the, you know they made a, a few beta tests of of the, one of the levels, and it just became too cost prohibitive to continue. You know, being an independent company and making a video game and doing animation, it just they, you guys all your man hours would have gone to it. Yeah, so they had a small team for about a year where they you know put a lot of time and effort into it, and they made like you know a, a playable version of the very first you know level of it. 
and it just did ended up not working out. So they ended up like you know just you know stopping their video game company for you know the time being, and you never know what's going to happen in the future. You know that could get re redone or <clears throat> rethought of, or but <clears throat> yeah, basically that that project just kind of ended. Do I mean video games has to be something you want to get into because it's the the medium that is the most. Video games are great. I mean it's it's a tough call though. I mean we actually worked on a Metalocalypse video game. It was called Metalocalypse Death Game, and it was going to come out through Konami. And um, you know there was a lot of work done. There was you know it was basically a, a game that was done and and uh, it just w- wasn't done the way we wanted it to get done. Yeah, so it's not worth damaging the brand. Yeah, ultimately there was like, it just ended up not getting to a certain uh, level that we wanted it to get to, so, you know, and it was costing more and more money. And it was going to be a console game, a full console game. It was going to be a downloadable. Yeah, I think that's the way to start, is downloadable. It was going to be a downloadable, so it wasn't a console game, but it just, you know, there's a certain... uh, Thing that we that we do on the show that we wanted to like the comic books I was in charge of the comics and I was like came up with the stories with Brendan and oversaw all of the comic books and they came out I love the comic books that we did for Metalocalypse so Eric Powell doing the covers mm-hmm. and you know that was one of those things where it was like that came out really exactly how we wanted it to the the video game was just at a point where it was like going to cost too much more more money to get it to where we wanted it to and ultimately it wasn't even our our decision I was just like well I have to step off at this point and then as people started stepping off, uh, Adult Swim made the decision to just cancel the game. So, What about making it like one of those Flash games like they've had success with on their websites? They, I'm sure they'll do that eventually. You know what I mean? Like the unicorn, space unicorn sure. stuff? No, I mean, they could, uh, I'm sure something like that will happen, but it's just like, I mean, for me, it's like... How involved do you guys have to be in that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to be pretty involved, I mean, to make it to where, how you want it to be, so... I mean, for me, as I love video games. I've got a couple of ideas that I want to try to push through as video games. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know what t- where Titmouse stands with video games right now. But, but you're independent of Titmouse. You can I'm be independent, independent of it. Yeah, yeah. I so you just like working with these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm really close friends with Chris and Shannon, and we've worked on you know at this point like about 15 projects together. So, and they're just like anything you want to do, John. Let us know. We'll work with you on anything. So it's like a great, great working relationship. So. Um, I love being here. Titmouse is one of the most creative studios that I've ever worked at, and I, it's a hard hard for me to think about. Like, oh, when I finally leave Titmouse, I'm like, uh, thanks for ruining my life, Titmouse, and now I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah, you, like, you can literally, but yeah, you've got an open door policy. Yeah, it's a it's a great a great place to work. You did, how'd you start? We wanted to talk about uh, Space Ghost because you were, you were an editor on how, yeah. like two of those episodes or no, what? No, dude, I did like seventeen of them. Seventeen of the Space yeah, Ghost Coast to Spa- Coast. I worked on Space Ghost from 1994. To 2003, inner inner like not yeah, take yeah. all that at the same time, but it was like I do it. So my first big job after after uh, what were we talking about? It was your big job? Oh yeah, those uh, the the James like, Bond Junior. Yeah, well, that was like a, and stuff right. Like that was that. a small yeah. job. That was like a little right. know, couple thirty second things, and then but it got you in the door. That got me in the door because I'd done that mad science thing, right? And then they uh, the company I was working with H Gun sent that to MTV. MTV loved Mad Science, and they were like, we want to do something like Mad Science. So they made this thing called MTV's Club Dead. It was a CD-ROM interactive game. So CD-ROM guys, 1990s, remember? Um, Hell yeah, Wing Commander 4. Yeah, so it was like in that... Wing Commander 3 and 4 is a shit. Yeah, well, that was (laughs) full-screen video, and our thing that came out was like using like the Dracula Unleashed engine, which was like... (laughs) <laughs> seven frames per second baby screen so we did all these amazing graphics and stuff and 
It just the the playability was weirdly not as good as it could have been. But that was my first really big job was MTV's Club Dead. I I was an art director on it. I edited it. I did a lot of compositing and special effects. I storyboarded it. I was an actor in it separately. I played this tooth fairy. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually on the cover of the Macintosh version of MTV's Club. Really? Dead. Yeah. I'm the I'm on the cover. So. That's where I met a lot of people, like Pat Healy. I met Nick Offerman. I met Kate Walsh. Jesus. I met all. You got to stay in the game a long time to get places. Yeah, I met all these different actors. That was all our first job, like for our, our our first big job. So we did that, and from MTV's Club Dead, the director was like going to Atlanta. He was like, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna go to Atlanta and like help me do this Moxie and Flea show with Bobcat Goldthwait and Chris Rock?" So we did this all 3D animated, the first 3D animated pilot mm-hmm. that never came out. Are you friends with Bobcat? I know him. I'm not I pals just, with him. I just I, met him. A I, couple I just times. put in for him to be on the episode because I saw God Bless America, which I liked. But uh, you got to see greatest World's Greatest Dad. Is one it was of the my most, favorite movie that I think Red Cliff was my favorite movie that year. Mm-hmm. But World's Greatest Dad was second. What an incredible movie! It's. It, it, I was actually just it's talking incredible. about it yesterday because Bobcat put out this amazing editorial about, hey, if you want to do what it. you want to do, quit. Yeah, quit. And it's like it's not saying like quit your job immediately. Like a lot of people are like, you're just quitting, or because quit I the direction it. you were in. Yeah, go in this other quit direction that'll make you happy. So it was like to me, it was super inspiring, and it, and to hear it from him who did a, a really crazy movie called Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. That yeah, was about bestiality. Yeah, yeah, which was incredibly funny, dark, and weird. Then he did World's Greatest Dad, which is. One of the greatest films that came out in 2011. It was awesome. Or was it 2010? Was, Sorry. I think it was 2000. I think it was actually 2009. Really? Because I saw Red Cliff when I was directing a commercial in New York. Okay. And I remember that commercial being in t- late 2009. Okay. Well, maybe 2010. Maybe 2010. But regardless, it's an incredible movie. One of Robin Williams' best performances. It's super dark. And, and the also, writing is incredible. Yeah. It so really folds on itself, and you're like, wait, how are they going to fix this? Yeah. How is he going to get out from under all, all these lies? Yeah. It's, uh, you guys, whoever's listening to this, watch World's Greatest Dad. You will not be disappointed. And, and then go fuck yourselves, because we pimped that movie out more than anything. Or you're a new Geekscapist, and you're forgiven. <laughs> but if you're a long-time Geekscapist, and you didn't listen to us, you're a jerk. Bobcat actually has an amazing idea for a Shakes a Clown movie. Like, when I really? met him, I asked him about that. And uh, let's just say, guys, please... Help Bobcat Goldthwait make that film. So I mean, start start some kind of Kickstarter or something. I don't know. It's got to get made. It so you went incredible. down to Atlanta and you worked on uh, with Turner. So Broadcast yeah, so I went I went down to work on this Moxie and Flea show, and then at the same time they were like, the it, it was Space Ghost's very first season. There were like six episodes made, and the editors there were burned out, and they were like, we need another editor. So um, this guy was like, hey. They asked me if I know any like weird editors, like guys who are like super strange and creative, and you came to mind. So I was like, "All right, I'll go." And hey, I'll do weirdo! That. Yeah, hey, weirdo! <laughs> you know. So I went to Atlanta, and uh, you know, my very first day, I used to have really long hair, and I wore these biker boots. <laughs> and they put me in. Back then, there was no. You looked like swim. the bounty hunter in Raising yeah, Arizona. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I looked <laughs> like that guy, and uh, minus the cigar. And um, back then, uh. uh Turner was basically this giant airport hangar where TNT and TBS and all of their networks were all in one giant room. Mm-hmm. And Cartoon Network was like this little tiny corner, like middle corner office, and they didn't have any room for me, so they put me where the accountants were. Mm. So all these kind of like guys with suit and ties, and then and then me. But right? your paychecks were on time. No, no. Well, they chained <laughs> the com- they chained the Macintosh computer and the monitor to the desk. The next day I showed up for work, they were chained to the to the 
flipped out. Because your hair and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, so I flipped out. I was I just like, what the... F-? I started yelling really loud. You got like, offended. Yeah, I got super offended. I was like, yo, fuck this shit. These chains better come off. I like called people. I was like, I'm sorry. I'm going to walk out of here with your monitors, you fucking idiots. I was like just... I was so insulted that I was like about to book my plane ticket back. And... uh they took the chains and off the, like within twenty minutes, but it still like, it still pissed me off the, for the most of the time that I was there. That the, like these people are so weird just because he's got long hair, he's wearing boots, he's kind of a loud guy. It's like, the first day, I already listened to Nirvana, right? <laughs> so, but aside from that, I, everyone on the Cartoon Network part were really cool. I met Mike Lazo, super incredibly fun guy, creative guy. And uh, worked on this episode called Urges. It was like uh, Zorak went to his home home planet to go mate. And so that was the episode I I did. It was really fun going into the Turner Library and like finding shots of a baby rhino and lava and crickets. And so I just like come up with all this crazy. Was that from Herculoids? Did you have access to the Herculoids? Oh, I did. I didn't put in the Herculoids. This was live action footage. It was just I I would like. Like it was Matthew Sweet and Barbara Bach from Dukes of Hazard. So uh-huh. she said something about, yeah, I really love like rhino, baby rhino. So I just found a footage of a rhino, just like a baby one, you know, just like randomly cut that stuff in. From like, a, yeah, from yeah. So I would just like make uh, like really horrible pauses and it's that space ghost style that developed over all the years of like weird pauses or like you'd use the outtakes of them like while they're like, oh, the mic's not on yet, and then they're just kind of like doing like. Like licking their lips, you'd use that footage. Like, space would be like, So, is everything uh, okay there, Matthew? And then he's like, hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> so it was, it was it was so much fun, like, trying to make all the guests look horrible. And that was kind of the job was like, Hey, rearrange all this footage. Here's this script that we had. Now go take that apart and make something crazy. So, that's fucking crazy. So, and, I did and that. You had access to all the interviews from yeah. movie promotion, EPKs, everything. Yeah, all, well, all the stuff they interviewed with Matthew. Matthew Sweet and all the interviews that, that they did with Barbara Bach and then the entire library of Turner. So it's like all in these vaults that you like open and the doors open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's they like, have those at MTV. Yeah, it's so amazing. You're just like, wow, these vaults are crazy and you just type stuff in and then, oh, that's tape number 3014. So that was my first uh, uh, Space Ghost job. I went, came back to Chicago after doing that and then in 96 they were like, hey, we just got an order for 22 episodes do you want to go out to L.A. and help our editor out there work on some of them? And so I came out, I flew out and lived in uh, L.A. for six months and then went back. I did like six episodes, went back to Chicago. Then they were like, hey, can you come out and do like five more? Came back in 97, did a whole bunch more. And then that's when uh, the UCB, I had designed some of their sets and their costumes and stuff for uh, Matt Besser when they had uh, an eight. Originally, UCB was going to be on HBO yeah. and that fell apart. So I designed all this stuff for them because I knew all those guys from the Mad Science thing, like Ian Roberts and Matt Besser. And uh, so they're like, hey, we're going to do this pilot for Comedy Central. And at the time, I was out editing Space Ghost. So, uh, you couldn't do it? No, I was like, well, it timed out perfectly. Yeah. Um, I met with uh, Kent Alterman, who was, you know, now he's running Comedy Central, but at the time he was like, you know, the producer for, uh, for UCB. And I met with him and... I showed him this weird telepathic action comedy short that I had made. I was like, well, here's the live action stuff that I do. It was like this guy with five mohawks, like, fighting people. Just, like, <laughs> fucking out of your this, mind. Yeah, this crazy, it was all telepathic. They were like, <laughs> you know, like, just fighting and stuff. I was like, here's my live action stuff, and I'm doing Space Ghost now. So, and, yeah, I'd love to, you know, direct on, on the show. So they are like, all right, you're going to be one of the co-directors. They had 
um, a guy who directed a lot of Conan, Conan O'Brien about the first five years, he uh-huh. was like the TV director, and then I was the remote director. So, so you shoot the, the interstitials and the crazy anything stuff? Anything that was yeah. outside, like Iron Lap or the Story of the Toad or any of the exteriors. Were, that wasn't a stage. Yeah. So. Did you, you watch the Aquabats Super Show on the Hub? No. What's you know that? the Aquabats, right? Is that a band? No idea. Yeah. Oh, man. The Aquabats Super Show is like all that stuff. We, we just... Um, we had them on the show. They were a band that came up in like the ska scene of like the late like mid nineties, like here in Southern California with like Real Big Fish and No mm-hmm. Doubt, all that stuff. But they also created um, uh, what's it called the the the, the kids show Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, okay. And now they have a show for themselves where they play each other and they're doing all that stuff. There's like Sid and Marty Croft type monsters. Oh wow, that's awesome. That it reminds me of that kind of zaniness because uh, it's loud and it, even though it's a kids show, I watch it because. A, I'm an Aquabats fan. Those guys were cool enough to come on the show, but I'm also have to write that down. the Aquabats, Aquabats Super Show. Like, you, if you come in over Barham, like the Hub owns that one billboard, mm-hmm. and they're on the billboard all the time. Okay. And the Hub is a kids. Like, do you have kids? No. Like you had to think a while. You're like, right. where right. have I laid where, my seed where irresponsibly? Are the if I do, they're not here in right. the states. Um, they're on the moon. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, watch that. That that is an insane. Like loud, okay, cool show, um, and they're they're gonna be at San Diego. I don't know what we'll do together, but well, cool. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, that's insane. So so that's what got you into UCB and like, dude, this channel it's got to happen now. Yeah, so Geekscape after, yeah, demands that, it. Um, the, the, it. It was still not Adult Swim, and they did this weird sh- offshoot. So I designed all the backgrounds for Aqua Teen. Like I I was the guy who like made Carl's house and like. Just it was a, pi- a weirdo pilot, and then like a year later, Aqua like, Teen's is a thing. Yeah, then it became a thing, and then they were like, "Oh, we'll start," you know, airing Space Ghost Aqua Teen, and they had the Sea Lab and a couple other shows, where then they were like, "All right, we're going to call it Adult Swim," and they just started that stuff. So it was like a really weird and kind of like very, you know, what's the word? Just it just circuitous. Kind of, yeah, it just kind of just happened. You know. Well, I mean, we were talking about the breakdown of TV and the, and the internet, but I mean those guys kind of helped that short form content happen and now you have things like adult swim having live action Mm -hmm. short form content and then fox i sent an email to my buddies at fox uh about my comic super action man because they haven't they haven't animated saturday nights starting up right that's actually a guy who used to work at adult swim then he jumped over to fox nick yeah nick rudenfeld's running it And, and it's saturday nights they optioned axe cop yep and they're gonna do this animated thing so i was like guys this is like, what the hell is going on over there? That sounds awesome. Yeah. And, 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 and I think you're going to see more short-form content happening on TV where it's yes. where channels are like, okay, let, like, let's get rid of the 22-minute, like, half-hour model. Let's get rid of all that stuff. And let's just start making, let's start competing with the web in their format, right? Sure. 11 and a half. Why not? Six. Why not? Well, three minutes. Yeah, or even three. Like, break it up into anything. You know what I mean? Um it's all happening. It's all breaking down. It's kind of an exciting time to be a content creator if you can get the ears of people because yes. it's the wild, wild west. In the wild, wild west used to just be what we called the internet, but now it's kind of television's kind of going that way. And I mean, remember, like, I remember coming out a couple of years ago from New- from film school and everybody being like, "Oh, you got to have uh, a pilot of like Sex in the City, or you got to have a pilot of." You know The Simpsons, or you got to have your you got to have your pilot. Now it's more beneficial to have an original content pitch. Because this Wild Wild West thing and, like, you know, not a lot of shows are existing past their first season. So, like, right. what are you going to write for? Right. Like, how many people are going to move out here and every single one of them has a How I Met Your Mother spec? You know? A lot of people, I guess, you know. But that's insane. Um, okay, so let, let, let's recap. 
and let the Geekscapists go. You got ABCs of Death coming out in November. Yep. You can see you right now on Comic Con episode four. Fans hope. That's right. Documentary. Uh, the fourth season of Metalocalypse is airing now, so uh, episodes I've directed are episode one, episode four, and episode seven. But people should still see episodes two, three, five, and six. Of course. But I'm just, <laughs> if you want my flavor, that's the flavor that you're going to get on those episodes. You've so. got comic books coming out soon that are available at the Geekscape booth in Comic-Con? Yep. Uh, they're back in the past, special editions that'll be at the Geekscape, uh, minted and signed in 2012. We can also see you. 2003. We can also see you at the launch of your YouTube channel and the Comics on Comics show May 31st at the Hollywood that's Improv. Right. That's where it's going to be happening. <laughs> So I've said I'll do it. I'm going to do it. So I've got a, you know, a couple shows I'll pop on. And I'll put on some of my... I did, I've done a couple of like weird um, little pitch pilot, little mini sizzle reel things. One, you know... John, I asked for you. A couple of different words. After the last Comics on Comics, like I didn't know you and Ben were going to come, but I asked for you after that last one. Right. Because I want... You know what? I want you guys to be part of the pre-show. The Comics on Comics thing, like, they wanted to create like a pre-con... Where people are kind of hanging out in the lobby before Comics on Comics, selling comics and some of that. Right. And it was cool, but I don't think it was that successful. So I said, why don't we get Ben and John to come be on the next show? We have John on the next show and then, like, make, like, the pre-show at, at 6 o'clock, even though the show doesn't start until 8. We do, it like, a, like, a happy hour. Sure, that's Like awesome. CBS, like a comic book Sunday happy hour. And everybody hangs out and then they go inside and they do that. That sounds great. So that's kind of what I was thinking about. Like I was like, we got to get John Schnepp on the next show because he's funny. I like him. And last time he was on Comics on Comics with me, fucking Asterios from Brian Walton spoke over him. <laughs> <laughs> Asterios, <laughs> I can't, can't, I can't stop chiming in on everybody's. He was funny. Oh, on the last he, one. he cracked me up. He was I'm so glad he was there. there. I mean, he, no. my wife hadn't seen him before, and she's like, Asterios was really funny. I was like, he was hilarious. He was on fire. Yeah. that night. Yeah, it's your job now, homie. That's right. Yo, I'm going to have to bring that shit. Well, I mean, look, uh, Marv Wolfman is not going to be there, so we don't have to talk You're about it. You're the creator. It. Hey, yeah. no, I'm just saying, like, Marv was awesome, and that last show yeah. was, like, it was really informative and really fun to hear all about, you know, the beginning of Crisis and how editorial worked. Well, this then. one we're recording. This one we were actually recording because uh, the improv loved it, mm-hmm. and they're like, we're going to add this to the podcast slate. Oh, the right improv on. is starting their own, like, podcast network with, like, some really legit comedians. I don't know if I can name them, but I'm like sitting there going, wait, we're going to be on a network with those guys? Nice. And Comics on Comics is going to be one of those shows, and for the foreseeable future, I'm hosting, so we'll see what happens. Awesome. Um, yeah, so guys, May 31st. And then, if you're going to New York Comic Con, I know we're sending a couple people there. There we go. That's where you can see the Grimm's Fairy Tale. Yeah, and, and San Diego Comic Con is going to be a lot of fun, too. If you guys are going to be out there, I'll be out there. I'll be at the Grimm Fairy Tales uh, Zenoscope booth. Uh, doing a bunch of signing. We're going to show some previews of the Grim Fairy Tales animation as it's, you know, whatever we have done in, by July 15th, we'll have on a big screen a lot of artists' drawings and, you know, maybe some storyboards, maybe some finished animation. Um, we'll see where we're at. So, You excited? Huh? I'm super excited. <laughs> I can't wait for... I love Comic-Con. I know, I know. It's it's like it, really as big fun. as it's gotten, like, it's still... It's still, you get thing. to see all these yeah. people that you, you don't see all year, so it's like a, it's a really fun thing. Well, don't be a stranger here. Don't be a stranger at Geekscape. It's a resource that we created for creative, so let, it's a community. Let's do it. It's online. Whatever you want to push, let's use it as a resource. Right on. Guys, Thanks, Jonathan. Geekscape.net, that's our website. Search for us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Twitter and, and Facebook has actually gotten pretty active. I, I love that. And we're going to start a contest, I think, 
the people who are putting out this uh, Snow White and the Huntsman movie won a, won a contest, and so I asked Joe Starr, I was like, what contest can we do that showcases our Facebook, and I think we're going to have a haiku writing contest with Snow White and the Huntsman. I don't know how that works, but be looking for that. <laughs> he who holds axe also holds hammer. Yeah, yeah, that's then the... comes Charlize Theron. Are you counting Prometheus. Syllables? Prometheus. I'm trying to do yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's try Prometheus it. Rising. I told my wife Stringer Bell was in Prometheus. <laughs> I just, no matter what he's in, I'm like, hey, he's Stringer Bell. He was in Thor? Yeah, he's Stringer Bell. You know what? He's Luther to me now. Luther's awesome. Yeah, so he like he kind of destroyed Stringer Bell and became Luther to me. <laughs> but um, all right, I mean, Superman's we're, enemy. We are talking Comic about we are talking about Idris Elba, uh, but we're gonna have to hold that for the next Geekscape. Um, guys, I'm at Jonathan Leonard on Twitter. You got at John Schnapp on Twitter. Yep. And that's where you're gonna find out about his upcoming YouTube channel. He's gonna launch like in three hours after. He's that's done right. With three this. hours is kind of. Yo, keep listening to Geekscape. Bam! <laughs> What's happening? Explosion! Ah! <laughs> We'll see you guys next. We'll see you guys next episode. Bye.